We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, let's get to Brian Cashman uh, as we get a chance to talk to the Yankee general manager. Cash, welcome. How are you? Hey, uh, Mike. How you doing? Good, thank you. First, give me your update on Severino, and then we'll start there. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that... Uh... You know, I mean, he had this episode where he couldn't finish his warm up in the bullpen, and you know, on one pitch, uh, I talked to Sebi directly, uh, and you know, the, at, right after it happened, and there was no lead up to it. There was nothing that he had been feeling a little bit different over the course of the last few weeks. He'd been throwing extremely well uh, with all pitches and looked primed and ready. And then on one pitch in uh, his pre uh, pre game warm up, you know, he felt it, and then he threw one more and then shut it down, which was the smart thing to do. Uh, the MRI that uh, we took uh, is identical to the MRI that we did on the contract extension physical, uh, which, you know, showed nothing. So, uh, but on the physical testing where, you know, the orthopedic, you know, contorts your arm this way, that way to kind of determine what, you know, muscle structure might be bothering him. And it was the, it's at the back end of his right shoulder, uh, down the shoulder blade area, uh, the, probably the supraspinatus area. And, uh, and that's where he's got some tenderness and pain. So it's rotator cuff inflammation because that is part of that muscle structure. And, and, uh, you know, so we're optimistic that the MRI was, you know, read the way it did, uh, but we're pessimistic only because, you know, he can't, he can't, he obviously couldn't pitch. So, uh, so we're going to shut him down for two weeks. He got an injection today, and then we'll reevaluate him in two weeks, and the orthopedic will run him through, you know, their their uh, routine to determine, you know, uh, how a patient responds to those, you know, different uh, exercise routines, I guess. And then uh, if he comes through that without any issue and shows arm strength without resistance pain, then we'll get him on a throwing program. If it takes another week of rest or more, you know, we're just in that unknown. So we're going to shut down for two weeks and reassess with the the orthopedic. And if he clears that hurdle, then we can get him going. If he doesn't clear that hurdle, it'll be longer. I always think three weeks for every two weeks you shut down, is that fair? So when you're talking about him being ready to come back, is that fair? It's in that arena. At the end of the day, I did raise to our guys, we just have to get it right because, you know, the normal protocols for injuries is, you know, uh, uh, if if they don't respond to your first efforts, whatever those efforts are and whatever the protocols are put in place, then, it, you know, you double the time frame the right. next time around. So, yep. you know, I was like, I don't want to look at a four-week shutdown if after two weeks getting him going, getting him back to this level, and then on one pitch, you know, four weeks from now, you know, he feels again. That's obviously not good. So we just got to kind of walk through this. But, you know, again, there's optimism because the MRI was clean. And it, and we have a recent MRI that we had just done to, to get the sign of the cross on an extension without any concerns or issues. And, but pitchers are tough. You know, they're, yep. you know, they're susceptible to injuries. And he's obviously, you know, one of the better ones we feel in the game. And, and so it's, you know, we just got to make sure that we, we, you know, we try to do right by everybody, but medicine's an exact science. So we'll do, we'll do what, you know, they're trained to do and see, uh, hopefully get a good positive result sooner than later. But we just have some, have to have some patience and give other people opportunities now because of it. And, um, 
he didn't complain about anything last year. Otherwise, I'm sure you would have shut him down. I mean, when he fell off a little bit performance-wise late last year, his velocity was still up pretty high, so I don't think he had any issues, right? No. I mean, uh, we feel last year was really mostly, you know, directed at his pitch-tipping issues that we could, you know, verify. And then, right. uh, you know, even, you know, importing guys like Carlos Beltran, who's now part of our staff, who's extremely adept at that, is, you know, or the opposing teams after you're done with them and done for the season with them, we all have relationships in the game. Like, hey, man, he's tipping. I'm like, we know, you know, and we could see it, try to correct it, deal with it. Uh, but sometimes it pops up, you know, when, uh, you know, in game when, when that blood is pumping and the competitive environment happens, you revert back to some bad habits. So we think that really had more to do with everything than, than anything else. But, uh, yeah, he had no complaints, and and so sometimes when the storm's coming, you don't see it coming. And uh, but again, hopefully, you know, with the time frame and with the, you know, the uh, cortisone injection, and then he'll go on, you know, oral anti uh, anti-inflammatory medication. Hopefully, all of that will resolve, allow it to resolve, and it's hopefully we can put it back in the desk drawer later on and, and forget that it ever happened. Or you know, uh, if he doesn't resolve and. You'll we'll have to deal with something that maybe is bigger that's not necessarily showing up on testing. But, you know, you, you know how this stuff works. I don't want to undersell it or overpromise. Right. And it, it, we're just kind of in that gray area of let's give them the time and hopefully it resolves properly and it's not an issue. But until until it's not an issue, it's an issue. All right. What happens now? Uh, are you going to fill it internally? Are you going to go outside the organization at all? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think, it, I mean, right now, I mean, it, it's a complicated uh, process because we got to just factor in a few different things. Uh, we have CC serving a five-game suspension to start the season, and then and in, and more likely than not, regardless, I don't think he's going to be ready to start the season just because he had set back from that heart uh, condition right. that he thankfully resolved in a in a good, healthy way. And um, so we're going to have two spots to deal with opening the year, potentially two spots. We have an off day so we can manipulate right. things So if we need to. And then, um, and so right now, Herman and uh, uh, Lois, I got to get it right because I keep, I'm used to saying Lois Iga, Loisaga. Loisaga, uh, that's it. I, listen, I, I, I get it wrong half the time anyway, so Loisaga is it. It's easier if I call him J-Lo. Right, you know? okay. Uh, so, so those, those guys are throwing well. Seth is throwing well. So two of those three guys, as long as everything stays online, you know, I, I feel very comfortable with these, uh, especially Loisaga and Herman. Those guys, you know, ceilings and upsides as starters, I think, are pretty exciting from our perspective. Um, and so, and Loisaga, even though if you look at his line today, it won't look as good, but, but you know, he got some damage done in, the, in his third inning, which is, you know, you know, towards the end of his 50-pitch pitch count today. But his stuff is, it might be the best stuff in camp. So watching him and evaluating his game today was pretty exciting. Uh, he's got electric stuff. So I'd feel very comfortable if the guy that we see today or Herman, the way they've been throwing and the way they're right. capable of throwing, if we had to plug and play with those guys, I'm, I'm good. So Herman, we're going. Herman's got good stuff. There's no question. Yeah. No, they do. They do. So, um, but again, you know, they'll get opportunities and anybody else wants to push them away in the mix. I'd say we're staying within. I mean, we're always open to. Uh, Where's the lefty from last year? Where's Montgomery? Is he healthy? No, he's just, uh, he's, he's going through his Tommy John rehab and he's not a player for his roster probably not until yet. August. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be until, you know, he, I think he went down probably June and a lot of. So he's not available until the second half of the season. No, I'd say late second half. Okay. So, okay. But you know, it's nice to know he might be there in August and September, but there's no guarantees. But uh, but 
you know, he should be in line to potentially be a you know back and throwing competitive innings, whether it's with us or Triple H Grant or whatever, sometime in the second half. So you'll fill with those guys rather than nibble outside the organization uh, as you as you break camp. I'm open to nibbling, but I'm um, more realistic that you know everything that we we're going to rely upon has to be right now here. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, the other pitches, everybody's on schedule and everything's okay. Yeah, so far everybody's you know Larry Rothschild who's running the pitching program obviously is bringing some guys out like Chapman went today for the second time so he's had some guys strategically starting a little later whether it's Dylan who had one inning the other day and Chappie just now and so he's bringing certain guys out a little later than than some of the other guys but everybody's progressing well and until yesterday with uh, the unfortunate news with Seve we've had a great camp it's been great weather we've had uh, terrific very warm performance. very warm yeah, yeah. terrific performance health. Uh, our team, you know, we like what we see and, right. and how they're going about their business and the health of those guys. And then, obviously, of course, the lightning strike with Seve yesterday hits and you know, makes you change your whole demeanor. Where you know you got to remind yourself that you know, you know there's game changers that can happen around our camp or any camp at all times. So you you just kind of brace yourself whenever it can hit. But again, it creates an opportunity for somebody else. It, it would force us. It will force us to learn about somebody else, and you know, uh, rather than having having it happen organically. So uh, when the dust settles, we just need to get Sebi back over time, and in the meantime, somebody else will get uh, some workload. So Herman, Eliza, and Cesar will be the guys who fill in right now as the Yankees get ready to start the season. That's the game plan. All right, Ellsbury's coming to camp. 16th, 17th, what's his status? Uh, finishing off, I mean, unfortunately, when he came back from his hip surgery, you know, the cascade of, you know, the uh, of, of rehabbing of that, uh, he, he had a little bit of a plantar fasciitis kick up, so it's it kind of halted his his process that we expected him to be ready by camp, so it pushed him back. So once our camp started, he was just on an alter G. He wasn't fully running uh, on flat ground yet without, you know, resistance. And so, uh, but now he's he's running on flat ground. Uh, he's progressing nicely. We hope, I you know, say that you know carefully. And uh, and so we project to have him here on the 16th or 17th, and we'll assess where he's at and how far away he is from game activity. He'll start the season on the DL just because there won't be enough time to get him ready uh, in the proper way. Uh, but it, right now, the arrows are pointing in the right direction. That you know. Sometime, whether it's late April, mid-April, early May, he would be ready to go. Uh, those are all guesstimates based on we'll get a better feel for where he's at and how far away he is from from game action and essentially a spring training that he he's been done, denied so far. So you know we'll get a better feel for that once he gets here that week. And the one thing about Hicks is, and you've been a big Hicks guy from day one. I mean, from the day you got him, you've been on his, uh, and you've been right about him. Uh, you have. I mean, you really were very much in his camp. You went and got him, first of all. Secondly, you know, you've been very much in his corner. He has made you look good, but he always has those nagging injuries. Now he's got another one. Are you concerned about what what he's going through right now? I mean, I don't want to say no. Uh, there's no reason for me to be concerned, but obviously whenever things play out longer, so it's one of those things where if you, uh, in real time, I know, I think it was Ken Davidoff from the New York Post asked me, you know, 48 hours into it, hey, you worried about Hicks? I'm like, no, not worried at all. He's like, any exams? I'm like, no. And that's a response to the player and, the, and our training staff about, you know, hey, he's just down for a day or two, a little back stiffness. And next thing you know, that, you know, you pass through the weekend and now Monday on the off day hits and I get a call from my trainer, listen, he's still bothered by it. We're going to check this with an MRI. So now all of a sudden there was no plans of a test. There was no concern. And all of a sudden it drags out three or four days. 
say you're doing a test. Thankfully, that was clean and negative, nothing to be concerned about. Uh, but the bottom line is he's still, you know, he's been dealing with a little bit back t- a tweak of the back and stiffness for it feels like a week now. So uh, at least time of year, it's it's cool. I'd make sure that our player, our staff, they all know, hey, you know, just give him the time. If he takes another week, then if he needs a week away from games further, so be it. You know, um, you know. So it's I'm not worried about it because. I only react when more of the experts in that field tell me, but I've also been around the block long enough to know that if this stuff lingers, you know, I can't, I don't want to downplay things either. But as of right now, it's in the, it's in the, I don't worry category because that's what all the input is I'm getting from everybody involved, but he's not on the field yet or not returning to the field yet. But I think that there's some optimism that maybe tomorrow we'll get him to start swinging the bat a little bit and, and uh, throw a little bit and see how he responds. And, and it's possible you see him in a game this weekend, but it's also possible you won't. So just we'll see how you know we'll react to him. We're talking with Brian Cashman. Cash, your first baseman are both hitting, including Bird. Uh, Turlewitzki's looked very good. It's short. Uh, so, I mean, it sounds good. Andrew Hawes got his deal. You got, obviously, a wonderful kid at second base. Um how does LeMayu fit into all this stuff? I mean, you know, it seems like he almost has to force his way into action now, huh? I mean, like right now, I mean, I don't know if somebody can get hurt. We understand that. you got to have depth. But right now, what do you see his role being? Well, I mean, he's going to play. He's going to get action at first, second, and third. Uh, I think there was, uh, you know, questions from personnel within, you know, the game of, hey, you're, you've got this second baseman and you're going to, you're going to, play him around the diamond when he's been primarily a gold glove second baseman, but we felt our pro assessments on him were that he's athletic enough. And then Jim Hendry, who was the Cubs GM, who actually traded him to, to, to Colorado back in the day, I think. He knew DJ very well. Or, you know what? That might have been Theo's deal. Uh, and But Jim had DJ, I think, was part of his draft at LSU and everything else like that. So he really knows the player well. He's a cash. He can play third easy. He can play first. His guy's a big second baseman, but very athletic. And so far we've seen that play out, you know, once we place that bet. So going to your first base situation, my gut is, although I'm not calling it right now, my gut is we're not carrying both Bird and Voight on the club. I okay, think that, would, that was going to be my next question. So you think it, it, it looks with LeMayu, and if he's going to get time there, and you got Voight who looks like he's hitting like he's an everyday player, is it going to be hard for Bird to make this team? Well, I don't know about Bird or Voight. I just think you know, they both have options. Uh, it doesn't mean what I'm saying right now is gospel because it depends how this roster shakes out and everything else like that but I don't I think going into spring training we're like may the best person win right. at first base but I don't think there was a thought process of carrying both because I'm not okay. sure if the bats are there for for the party line of having all participants including LeMay you you see Void as an everyday player cash oh I mean I I you know we were we placed a bet on him in a trade last summer that he, you know, more than proved, you know, no question. Hey, it was college. a home like, run for you. No question. He, was, he did an amazing job and earned the right to hit in the postseason in the middle of our lineup. It was an incredible story and, and yes. good for him. And I love the passion and the personality and all that stuff. And so there's no reason to think, including what we've seen so far this spring, right, that he's, he's not an everyday swing. guy. He's so, uh, but at the same time, we've always, as you know, believed in Bird. We feel like we haven't had a chance to see the real Bird yet uh, because of injuries. And I can tell you, he this spring, like last year he came in, he was a lot leaner, um, and uh, but he put weight back on. He's a good 25 pounds stronger, and he looks like a like the potential bird that we've always believed is you know again people probably forget turning the clock back that he was the more celebrated the most celebrated 
accomplished hitter in our system. More so, if you ask me who's our best hitter, it was going to come down to between a Gary Sanchez and a Bird right. uh, throughout the system with all those young guys coming through. And then people kind of forget right now because Bird hasn't been Bird because of, we think, injuries. So at the end of the day, it's going to be a hell of a competition. They're They're fighting it out right now. I believe, my gut is, only one will be on. But it doesn't mean I'm right there. Uh, it means uh, you know we have time to play this thing out. But with DJ um, and and at least one of those two guys, I think that's probably the way we we play it. But we haven't had any team meetings on it. It's premature, and I'm probably and how many we, how many up. days a week you expect Tulowitzki uh, to play short five? Ah, those are things we're kicking around with a lot of player involvement. So we want to make sure we protect him, cover him, recognize it. It's been almost two years of, of lack of playing. He's really worked his tail off to put himself back in a position to, to now be physically healthy after those multiple surgeries on uh, both heels. Uh, so I think Booney and, and uh, our medical staff uh, training, strength and conditioning, and performance science team have put together a pretty good uh, game plan, and I think they'll structure the the April game plan to see how he gets through the spring-March uh, game plan. So I, I, there's nothing set in stone just yet, but we're You're not going to push him. You're not going to push oh, him. No, we're definitely not going to push him, and okay. that's why the DJ And, and LeMayu will so play good. short, right? Uh, no, uh, Glaber oh, will play he- short. Oh, okay. Oh, so, oh, you'll move Gla- – on those days, yeah. Torres will go over to – I didn't think you were going to move him, so he's going to go over and play short those days. Yeah, you know, Torres is a natural shortstop. Okay. Uh, that, you know, obviously, he's still developing as a uh, finished defensive product at second. You know, last time yeah, but- you came on, you said you didn't really want to move him back and forth. Uh, we talked about wrestling, whether that was something we should or shouldn't do. We were having a lot of dialogue of what we should do. So obviously now with DJ LeMay here, who's a so you want to play him at second. So you will move. So you will move the kid yep. back and forth. Okay, correct. Okay, all right. It makes sense. I just wondered if because last time you said you didn't really want to do that. You've changed. Did something change your mind? Did he look better at short than you thought he would? No, I. I, I mean, uh, again, I you'd have to go back to the the audio tapes or what have you, right. but I, I, it definitely was a discussion. I don't think I was saying I'd, I'd not want to do it as more of it was one of the many things being discussed. Do you want well, to? Well, you said you thought he was a better second baseman. I, it depends on who you talk to. I right. think that Glaber is best position is second. Uh, and the question comes down, actually, I think what we're talking about now is what's best for the New York Yankees in 2019. Is it if we did not sign Troy Tulowitzki, and we went with um, Glaber at short until Every Didi day. came back. Every day, right. Then you're moving for the stretch drive pennant race, you're moving Glaber towards back to second base to finish off a position he's still learning and developing at in second. And I was like, is that the best position or a situation for us to play in? Or finish him off at second base. We have a, a lot of people here think, all right, you know what? He's not a finished product. He plays better and he looks more athletic at short than he does at second because he's still developing his instincts over there. So leave him at second base as much as you can. Does he and, have a preference? Uh, I, I, you know, I personally have not asked him that okay. question, so I'm okay. sure our staff, our field staff has. I haven't asked him that. The only thing I've really asked him about, you know, is he's coming from Venezuela, so you ask him a lot about how his family is doing down there gotcha. with everything that's going on down in I just wondered if he preferred one to the other, that's all. 
Yeah, I would suspect like any of these guys, he came up at shortstop. That's his preference. Um, okay, but he's happy to be in the big leagues, and obviously, uh, you know, and that's that's his first goal. But I think if he if it's his brothers, I think he his answer would be. Well, uh, now I see where Lemayu is going to get his time. He's going to get his time at second base, and and Glab is going to play shortstop. Which now I re- okay, so now that makes a lot more sense to me because I was looking at it saying, wow, if Torres is going to play second every day, I don't know how Lemayu is going to get that much time, especially if Voigt gets out of the box hot. Yeah, well, look, yeah, DJ when we signed him, one of the there was so much competition on DJ uh, by a lot of teams, you know, uh, that essentially we committed to getting him every day at bats in a versatile role, even though he we signed a second baseman that's normally playing second, but we felt because of his athleticism and stuff. And so the, one of the reasons why he came here was because, obviously, we're in, assessed, at least on paper, as a team that has a chance to compete for a championship. That's one and that's important to him. And number two, um, you know, he, he also felt personally that, if the investment's the right investment, which I'm sure he signed the best deal that he was offered, because typically that's how free agency works out, that he was willing to to go for the money and buy in the versatility. And uh, but he's been great. I tell you what, a pro. He's he's very quiet. He's not a very vocal person. But you know, the one thing that's uh, resonating throughout our clubhouse is he's a gamer and he's such a pro about how he goes about his business. So he's he's tucked away really well in this clubhouse mix, and and people are really getting a joy to have him as a teammate, which is you know a plus for us too. What do you feel about the the outfield right now as to how much Gaudy will play and how you work the other guys into the outfield? Other than I'm leaving Judge alone every day in right field. The other two spots, especially if Hicks needs some uh, time off, how how do you see Gaudy's role this year? Well, I think Gaudy will you know get at least out of the gates uh, you know a lot of the reps there. Um, You know, ultimately, the one thing I've talked to Booney about, and we talked about it last year too, is. I think there's a benefit if you know if he plays gives Judge a little bit more time at the DH spot than he maybe had last year. Um, so I think utilizing Stanton and Wright, using like and Judge and playing off each other with the DH spot, and also using Stanton and left. Uh, he was deployed out there, you know, uh, I don't know, it was yesterday or just recently. So you're going to see some options there. So if we have a left-handed starter uh, getting, you know, lining up against us. You know, you can wind up seeing a whole bunch, you know, DJ LeMayo playing third. Uh, uh, you can see, you know, what's his name? Maybe it's Luke Voigt uh, as the DH or Andahar as the DH. You know, you gotcha. can move around a lot of different things and get Stanton in left field to deploy a massive uh, right-handed lineup that can demolish on paper, on, in theory, a, a left-handed starter. Um, so I'd like to see a little bit more balance between the DH uh, uh, with Stanton and Judge only my opinion on that they're big guys that would benefit as competitors they both want to be out in the field but stan when he came over here his attitude was like i will do whatever it is i just want to be with the yankees and uh, even though he's the national league mvp he's like i'll come in here i'll play dh i'll play left i'll stand on my head whatever you guys want and that's exactly how he played out and it did so so uh, you know the dh spot can still be utilized i think we're athletic enough to utilize the to the benefit for guys giving a partial blow, even though they're playing still, um, and uh, and Booney will you know have that at his discretion to use however he sees fit. And you consider it? Would it be a, in your mind a long shot to have both Voigt and Bird on the opening day roster? It, it, do we think that'll be a, a surprise if that's the case? I think it's not optimal. Um, given the again, given the combination of all pieces involved, it doesn't mean it can happen. It doesn't mean it won't happen. I just don't know if it's optimal. So that's how we're gonna have to wait and see how the rest of this camp shakes out. Um, obviously, we've already had a, an injury to our rotation. How's that cascade into? Do you does that make us have an interest in carrying another pitcher more than we would want? 
as we navigate the early portion of the season of waiting for CC to be ready, waiting for obviously seventy return. You know, how do we handle all this stuff? These are the things we have to discuss still as we move forward and into camp. Um, but I think on paper, it's not optimal to have, you know, uh, you know, all, you know the both first baseman on the club. But again, it doesn't mean it won't happen. All right, two things that were issues last year, and let's see how they've uh, done so far in camp. And the Haas defense. What would you say about that so far this year? Uh, so far, so good. He, you know, he looks. Looks improved. Um, I know Mendy and Booney spent a lot of time, in, including traveling to the Dominican Republic. He's very committed, wants to be better. He's hungry, <clears throat> and uh, and he's athletic. So, so so far so good. It's early. We haven't played a lot of games, so therefore you know uh, it's it's a handful of games, and therefore it's only a handful of opportunities even hit his way in the games he's played and the limited defensive innings he's had. But so far in the in the pregame work and the and the practice work and then the, the opportunities and games. It, it does look better, um, but I, I just preface it by saying, "Hey, he's gotcha. still early." All right, but but you feel confident he can make strides at third base defensively? No question. The one thing I've learned over time is is, and you see him even with people that were far less athletic ability than he has. If there's a commitment and a desire and a work ethic, uh, makeup wise, towards improving something, then that's more than half the battle. It doesn't mean it's you know, an automatic, but but you know the, those people with the high character and commitment, and he's always had that. He's always been someone that people have always recognized with a high character, work ethic, loves the game, has passion for the game, wants to be great. Those are the ones that typically do find a way to you know shore up any deficiencies in their game and, and max out at their potential. It's the other ones that really are you know they're gifted. They were born with a gift, but they don't necessarily. Uh, you know, invest in honing that gift. They're not committed both, you know, on and off the field to being the best they can possibly be. Those are the ones that don't max to their abilities, and they're usually the frustrating ones that, that don't, you know, reach their ceilings, um, that leave fans and front offices and scouts and managers and coaches all frustrated. I feel Miggy's uh, on the on the positive end of that spectrum where he's, he's someone that has a chance to, to max out and really shore up whatever weaknesses he has. He just got to get in time. And how about Sanchez? Been good. He looks good. He's in great shape. Uh, I think he has a chip on his shoulder, just like Tulo. He wants to prove that last year uh, in Sanchez's case was an aberration, and and I'm excited. I think he's one of the better catchers in the game, and I think uh, you know, God willing, I'll have a chance to prove that this year. And as you mentioned, the schedule is it is it kind of more of a fifty fifty feel for Tulo, or is it, it can it be more than that based on April, or are you going to really be very uh, conservative with him early on in the season? I think we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do what we you know, we can. I don't have an answer to that question yet, but I, okay. I do know this. I do feel that we're fortunate that he picked us. Uh, he had we had a lot of competition. I think the in- industry, you know, really responded to his workout, tryout, whatever you want to call it, when he got released to with a little bit of a surprise of how good he looked, and then we had the follow up workout. A lot of skepticism, I think, from everybody involved, fans and opposing, you know, in media and stuff, questioning like, hey, is it the right play? So far, he has somewhat demonstrated without question that, you know, wow, there might be something really here. And if there is, even if he approaches, you know, a half of what he was with No, he was a great player. He was a great player. Yeah, we'll take that. We just need someone that, for the most part, between him and then, obviously, uh, Torres on the days he doesn't play, we just need all those guys, you know, Tulo and and Gleiber on the days that that we need in the next three months, say, if not four, because we're waiting for Didi to come back. We just need them to hold fort. And uh, and so managing the off days and the downtime uh, for Tulo is obviously going to be something that we're going to be careful about, but we're going to feel comfortable without question 
you know, committing the time and feeling like we're going to get a positive result by whenever he's out on that field, both defensively because he's made some great plays and then offensively, which he's swinging the bat well. And uh, and I'll tell you what, as a leader in the clubhouse, he's he's come right in here. He's not afraid to speak his mind. He's not afraid to, you know, put his arm around, whether it's Torres at second or, or Andohar at third and really invest I mean, uh, it's also, you know, this guy's a baseball rat. So I remember one day during the practice season, now we're in the games, but in the practice part of the season of the spring training, you know, we get here at, say, 7.30 a.m. in the morning and stuff, and players usually get their work in. They're out of here by 1 at the latest, 12.30, what have you. Um, and uh, I remember I was leaving around 4, 4.30, and Tulo was still in uniform. You know, and I hadn't seen that much, if at all. I can't remember the last time I've ever seen that. I'm like, dude, you're still here, and uh, and I've heard that about him that he just is crazy about this sport in a way most people aren't. And uh, so, you know, that commitment, that passion is going to serve him well because for someone who's been had because of the injuries uh, and the limitations because of those injuries uh, has denied him playing the game he loves. Uh, he's hopefully back with a vengeance, and you know, uh, hopefully it's going to be to our benefit. You don't miss uh, much of what's said. I'm sure you saw Sonny Gray's comments. Any any thoughts? No, I mean, listen, he's a he's in a new environment, reinventing himself. You know, he struggled here in the year and a half. It just didn't work out for him or for us. It's a very frustrating circumstance. <clears throat> why we were dealing with it, and so uh, honestly, got really nothing to say. You know, other than wish him the best of luck. And we we all we did here, uh, which we do for all our players, which I think. Any organization does for their players is try to give them the tools necessary to to, to succeed, and it just didn't work out uh, for whatever reason. He might have his perspectives, we have our perspectives, but the the one that's not going to change is I think we both agreed that the change of scenery was was in all parties' best interests. I use that Greek mythological uh, story of Sisyphus pushing that rock up the, <laughs> the, the the mountain and it keeps yeah. rolling back on top of you. I'm not going to be Sisyphus. I'm going to pivot and change and and uh we're happy with the deal we did and i think the reds are going to be happy with the starter they're going to get uh he's got new life that's a great thing about sports and baseball especially is every year is a new year you can change the narrative and and so he has a chance to change the narrative by performing uh and if he doesn't it's not going to change but if he does and you know uh, a whole new outlook a whole new uniform spring training in arizona playing in the national league you know new oxygen you know i guarantee he'll probably reverts back to the pitcher that uh that we thought we were getting in Oakland and, you know, all the equipment's there. So I don't really have anything to say other than best of luck. And the Reds won that investment effort. I had a lot of teams talking to me about them and, and, uh, they stepped up the most. So, uh, it took a while for us to find the, the deal we were comfortable enough doing and, and we did it. So, uh, anyway, uh, no hard feelings other than the fact that I'm sorry it didn't work out for any of us. All right. Thanks Cash, for coming on. Appreciate it. All right, we're coming to you live from Town Fair Tire Studios, powered by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody will come back and review what we just heard right after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Uh, 